Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. It's no secret how much we love our state. One of our most favorite pastimes is pointing to a place on the map and driving there to explore local shops, restaurants, and anything else we can find. The keys to a good road trip are snacks, a good playlist, and a clean car. Get your car ready for a Michigan road trip by calling Ride and Shine Mobile Car Detailing in Dearborn, Michigan. We know the owner personally, and there's not a harder worker than Darnell. He will come to your home or place of business for interior and exterior detailing, wax and polish, paint correction, ceramic coating, and window tinting, right in your driveway or parking lot while you work. You can find Ride and Shine Mobile Car Detailing on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, or you can call or text Darnell at 313-804-6441 to get your ride shining for spring. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Okay, how are you doing? Good, good, good. Welcome back to Great Lakes Confidential with your hosts, Angie and Marty. What's new with you? Oh, me? Not a whole lot that you don't already know about. I uh, I do have a couple of addendums to last episode. Oh, yeah? The did you knows, a couple of things I found out this right. uh, past few weeks that kind of uh, blew my mind. Let's hear it. Did you know there is a lake underneath Lake Superior? I... Did not until you sent me the link, and I still haven't read it because I think you sent it to me while I was working at my new job. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, so I I have not really read it, um, but super interested in checking it out. Yeah. And by checking it out, I don't mean like going there. And right like, here, I mean it's underneath Lake Superior. Yeah, You're really not going to get there. But yeah, uh, no, I don't. I don't go underwater and. It's called Lake Inferior. That's crazy. And it was uh, it's a series of tunnels that, uh, I don't know if it's all widespread throughout the entirety of Lake Superior, but near Duluth is where uh, where the tunnels were discovered. Does it, like, They're how did it happen? Out. Should we do a whole show about it? Is there I don't know. There's, there, there's a little bit more information than what I have. I just thought I'd mention it today because I thought that was pretty neat. Lake, yeah. Lake Inferior. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do a, a show on it. Also, did you? this is the last one. All did right. you know? That Michigan is the top pickle-producing state in the United States. Are you serious? I'm serious. Huh. I just thought of that because I had a nice nice deli pickle with my deli sandwich for dinner. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, just pickles in general or a specific kind of pickle? Um, The cucumber kind. Okay. The, but pickle, like, the pickle kind of pickle. Yeah. I don't know. I just saw it said Michigan is the top pickle-producing huh. state. That must be like just general pickles then it's not like dill pickle versus sweet pickle versus bread and right. butter i'm sure pickle. it's all of it you know it's 
I love bread and butter pickles. I don't. They're so good. Well, we have three jars of bread and butter pickles in the fridge, and I don't know why. Well. Why do we have these bread and butter chips, baby? Why? Because the problem is, is that I am a very bad grocery shopper, and... I always make a list, but then I see something that's not on the list, and I'm like, do I need that? I think I need that. I think we're out of that. Are we out of that? Yeah, we're probably out of that. And then I come home, and we end up with like six containers of mustard. Mustard? We don't even eat mustard. I know. I know. I don't I'm telling you. Like, I... It's like... As soon as I get to the grocery store, I have dementia yeah. and I turn into my grandmother and I end up with like a like a grocery cart full of random condiments. Like it's supermarket sweep. That I have no need for. Yeah. Well, I, we'll take care. I'll nip that in the bud right now. Alexa, remove pickles from the shopping list. <laughs> I couldn't find pickles on your shopping list. Good. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I was... Um, like I said, I have a new job that I'm really excited about. I'm really I, excited for you. I decided, thank you. I decided to go back into the world of business. And I I thought that I never wanted to be like, like have a big girl job again. And then it became an issue where I hated working at the flower shop. Things just weren't. I don't want to. I don't want to say things weren't going my way because then I sound like a brat. But things weren't going my way, mm-hmm. and um, frankly, I didn't make enough money for things not to go my way. And I decided, you know what? I want to have a normal schedule again. I want to actually make money. I need health insurance, and so I gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. And I applied for literally. A hundred plus jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it shows my job search on Indeed. And I got two interviews, and then I got two second interviews to the places that I had interviewed at. And I was really excited for both of them. Mm-hmm. And then after the second interviews, I was really excited for one of them. And I, most people are going to probably. S- think that I sound insane, but I manifested the job that I wanted. Oh, you don't sound insane? And um, I basically started seeing myself there and, you know, speaking in terms of when I have this job and when I'm working at my new place of employment. And it worked. And I got this great job um, doing, I'm an HR assistant to a, a car dealership, which seems right because my family has such a history Mm -hmm. with cars not just the hudson's but my grandpa worked at general motors for 30 plus years and it's been a dream like they pay me well i have uh benefits there's so many perks and like you guys this is so exciting one of the perks is that i get to go to the henry ford museum whenever i want whenever whenever i want to go bring as many people as you want well as long as there's only five okay five people like tell me that this is not the job that i was supposed to have like that's a dream job i think like 10 years ago i applied for a job working at the henry ford as a graphic designer and i didn't get it uh, but uh, the whole time i thought that would have been a dream job it's just like I would have been sitting in that little little food uh, 
food train thing diner yeah. that they have, like the display thing that you can actually order a hot dog right. from. I'd be sitting in there for lunch every day. Oh my God. It's a good thing I don't work at the museum because yeah. I wouldn't get anything done. But I am How just... another one of them tube steaks, Mac? Like totally <laughs> talk like an old timer yeah. around there too? Why not? Yeah. Totally would. But it's been really cool. Um, my my boss is amazing. Everybody there, there's so many people where I work. Like I've never seen that many employees in one place before. Everybody's been super friendly and helpful. And like I just, I'm just in my element. I'm loving Good. it. And it's amazing. So Good. You deserve it, baby. Thank you. So that's what's new with me. So, um, so yeah, exciting. So... As always, we're going to start the show with County Roots. We are finishing up the letter G today. We're really getting through the alphabet. Like, mm-hmm. how many counties are in the state? 80 83 or 83 or 85, something in the 80s. Okay. 83. I actually Googled this earlier today. Did you? Yeah, I thought crazy. it was 82, but maybe you're right with 83. So, go... Gojibic? Gojibic. Gojibic County is our first one. So the origins of Gojibic County's name are murky, though they are almost certainly rooted in a Native American language. One suggestion is that it was named for Lake Gojibic, whose name in turn came from the word Agojibic, which meant a body of water hanging on high, referring to the lake's high elevation. Mm, okay. Interesting. Gojibic or go home, I always ah, say. Ah, ha, ha. Grand Traverse County is the next one. Grand Traverse County was originally called Omina, but was renamed in 1843 for Grand Traverse Bay, which got its name from a French phrase meaning the Long Crossing. The name was given to these waters by French voyagers making their way by canoe south from trading posts at the Mackinac Straits. Little Traverse Bay, i.e. the Little Crossing, was a shorter paddle, thus its original name, La Petite Traverse. Le Grand Traverse. Ha uh-huh. Oh, wee wee. Gratiot County is the last one for the G's. Gratiot County, nearly smack in the middle of the state, is named for Colonel Charles Gratiot, an Army engineer who oversaw the early 1800s reconstruction of Port Huron's Fort St. Joseph, renamed for Gratiot. Renamed Fort Gratiot, my bad. And took part in the Battle of Mackinac Island, part of the War of 1812. He served as the Michigan Territory's chief engineer from 1817 through 1818. That's a little disappointing. I was hoping Gratiot had it better. Like, it was named for General Gra. Hmm. Anyway, carry on. Well, do you notice a theme for this week's county roots, though? They're all G's. I mean, wow. Okay. What? what what's Aside going over that, my head? Well... Most of, like last week, all of them, if not most of them, if not all of them, were named for people that had nothing to do with mm-hmm. the state. Where's and, these all? Yeah. And this time, it's actually state, you know, stuff that was happening in Michigan yeah. at the time. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So today's show is about a strange little story called The Great Sugar Hoax. Or the Great Electric Sugar Con. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So in order to fully understand the story I'm going to tell you, I think that I should tell you first a little bit more about sugar, where it comes from, how it's refined and processed, all that good stuff. So all of today's information is from Wikipedia, sugar.org, michigangrown.org, and brownstoner.com. So sugar comes from sugar beets or sugar cane. Sugar beet farms can be found in California, Colorado, Idaho, Michigan, 
Minnesota, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oregon, Washington, and Wyoming. Yeah, we're all sugar beets here in Michigan. Sugar beets are a root crop that flourishes in cooler climates with a growing season of about five months. Sugar cane is found in only three U.S. states. That's Florida, Louisiana, and Texas. Sugar cane is a perennial grass that prefers a more tropical climate. Sugar beet processing is a seven-step process beginning with harvesting of the beets. The next step is to wash, slate, and soak the beets in order to extract the juice and separate it from the plant material. For step three, the juice is cleaned to remove impurities and extra color to produce sugar syrup. Step four is crystallizing the sugar from the sugar syrup, followed by step five, which is spinning the crystals in a centrifuge to remove the liquid. Side note, this is, this is a molasses co-product. Mm-hmm. Drying the sugar crystals is step six, and finally step seven is when the sugar is packaged for distribution. Sugar cane has an additional two steps added to the process. Step one is the same, harvesting the sugar cane. For step two, they crush, soak, and squeeze the cane to extract the juice and separate it from the plant material. Step three, boil the juice until the syrup thickens and crystallizes. Step four, spin the crystals in a centrifuge to remove liquid and produce raw sugar. Side note, raw sugar is an intermediate product of sugarcane refining. It is not typically food grade as it has not had its impurities removed. The raw sugar now gets transported to a refinery to remove the impurities, which brings us to step five, which is melting the raw sugar and filtering any remaining impurities and extra color to produce sugar syrup. Step six is where crystallizing the sugar is done. In step seven, the crystals are once again spun in a centrifuge to remove liquid. Dry the crystals for step eight. And finally, step nine is where the sugar is packaged for distribution. Interesting. Now, the thing about sugar beets is uh, I don't think you can eat them like an apple. Like, you know, people can just eat so. like sugar cane straight, just pull it straight out the ground yeah. and chew on it. Whereas I don't think you do that with a sugar. Also, is a sugar beet native to Michigan? Do we know? Um, I believe so. Okay. Because we're one of only, I think, 11 states that produces yeah. that has sugar beets. And a sugar beet weighs like like four to five pounds, like Whoa. one one beet. They're huge. Wow. Yeah. So from planting to harvesting, it could take up to 18 months for that one step alone. So as you can probably imagine, the process from start to finish is pretty lengthy. You need to remember that. Mm-hmm. Something else interesting about the sugar refining process is that very little is wasted. So the molasses is used by feed companies, bakers, distillers, and pharmaceutical companies. The sugar beet residue is used for animal feed or can be further processed to use as other carbohydrate-based products. The sugar cane stock residue is used for fuel to run the cane factory. Much of the water removed still contains sucrose, so it's pumped back into the stations and reused, and then carbon used in sugarcane filtration is recharged and also reused. Good. Yeah, that's awesome. A nice green industry, the sugar biz. Yeah, for sure. Here are some sweet Michigan sugar facts before we get to the story. More than 1.3 billion pounds of sugar is produced in Michigan each year. Michigan has 900 sugar beet growers harvesting approximately 160,000 acres of land each year. The Michigan Sugar Company is the only sugar processor in the state and the third largest in the country. And Pioneer Sugar and Big Chief Sugar are Michigan Sugar Company's traditional brands found in many Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana grocery stores. I'm trying to think where I saw the big, uh, where is that Pioneer Sugar plant? 
I don't know. I, I feel like we ran into it just on a... I I've, I've run into it a few can times. can see I've, it in my head. It's somewhere near the water, I believe. But that then again, this sense. is Michigan. You're only 100 miles away from water anyway. Yeah. What is know. it like six... You're, you're never... You're never further than six miles from any body body of water in the state of six Michigan. Six miles? I wow. think so, yeah. I know, it's a, you're never further than 100 miles away from a Great Lake. Right, yeah, six miles from it, like any sort of body of water. Okay, so, yeah. pi- so it's safe to say Pioneer Sugar somewhere near a body of water. I want to say, ooh, what's it Is it in, it in the, the thumb? thumb? That's what I was thinking, like it's somewhere in the, uh, the thumb. Probably. Harbor Beach, north of Harbor Beach, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure, but that It's either that sense. or it's somewhere, I want to say it's, it's on the Lake Huron coast. Perhaps. Perhaps further up north, I don't know. Tower City? No, not that far. I don't think it's that far. So, on to this crazy story. Okay. Sock it to me. Professor, Professor, I'm using air air quotes. quotes. Henry C. Friend considered himself a chemist, electrician, and inventor. He also considered himself German, but it's more likely he was American-born. He was born in 1842, possibly in New York or Pennsylvania, and he most likely was not a professor. Hence the air quotes. Or a friend. There is mm, there is no evidence to suggest he had any formal education at all. Anyway, friends showed up in Chicago somewhere around 1881 claiming he could refine sugar from grapes. Some stories claim he invented his refining machine in 1875. But as we know, record keeping wasn't real great back then. So who really knows? The location of where this all happened is a little bit fuzzy too. With some claiming it went down in Chicago and others claiming New York. But the version I'm going to tell has it set mostly in New York. We will get to the Michigan connection, so don't worry. Regardless, he claimed to have invented a machine that would revolutionize the way sugar was refined using nothing more than electricity. So in 1882, friend met Reverend William Howard and his wife, in quotes, air quotes, Emma or Emily. They actually weren't married, despite telling everyone that they were. Uh, Reverend Howard had bailed on his wife and children in Rhode Island without getting a divorce. So he was a shady character. A lot of liars in this story. So far, yeah. Emma had a daughter, Olive, who came to Chicago to visit, fell in love with Friend, and they were married. According to marriage records from Berrien County, these two lovebirds were wed on February 3rd, 1883 in Niles, Michigan. Also that year, Friend and his... (coughs) friends <laughs> took off to new york to look for investors for his sugar refining company theodore havemeyer was a man whose family controlled much of the sugar refining industry in the 1880s and friend had approached him in the hopes of some financial backing since friend couldn't prove how his machine worked or even show that he had a machine havemeyer was a hard no on investing Friend and Reverend Howard decided to put together demonstrations in their home in New York to show investors how quickly the sugar refining process was. Investors would arrive with a barrel of dirty, unrefined sugar and a clean, empty barrel for the refined sugar. Friend and Howard made the investors leave the room during the refining process. What do you think was happening in there? They were dumping good sugar into the thing and getting rid of the old sugar and claiming that they... I mean, come on. You don't have to be James Randi to see through this. <laughs> yeah. So generally, Olive would be upstairs emptying bags of refined sugar into the clean barrel through a hole in the Olive, floor. no. You the just un- joined this story. The unrefined sugar was emptied from the other barrel using a pipe leading into the river. The investors would return a few hours later to clean refined sugar all ready to go. 
In December of 1883, Friend convinced a London solicitor of the usefulness of his refining process, and within the next year, the Electric Sugar Refining Company was born. Oh, boy. Friend owned 60% of the company. Some American investors retained 10% with their $100,000 investments, and the other 30% of the shares were sold in England. Oh, no. Hilariously, many of the investors doubted the efficacy of the machine, but still bought shares of the company. Well, I mean, there was clean sugar at the end of the day, right? I guess. By 1888, investors and critics became more vocal about what was happening. A sugar dealer... That's just funny to me. Sugar dealer. Sugar dealer. From Liverpool investigated the refinery. In air quotes. And sent a message to his friends back home to sell their stock. Another industry expert wrote in the Sugar Beat, quote, Very few sugar experts believe in the claims of the would-be company. That 13 barrels of raw sugar were refined as raw. This quantity was emptied into an apparatus and run through several secret rooms containing the machinery. It is maintained that in 25 minutes, refined sugar was turned out at a rate of one barrel for every two minutes. We must admit that somehow there seems to be a paradox involved, since a current of electricity passing through a saccharine solution will invert the sucrose to glucose. End quote. Duh. Also, before you move on, you're saying there was a trade paper back in the day called The Sugar Beat? Yeah. Oh, well, B-E-A-T? No. Like, we're on the beat? No. They missed an opportunity there. I know, I know. So, as I said, people were still buying shares. In 1884, shares were right around $100 a share. That jumped up to $625 a share by 1888. Side note, we can't figure out the the rate of... um, you know, using an inflation calculator because they only go back to like 1913. But you have to think like how much money that would have been in the yeah. 1800s. Like even $100 probably would have easily been like a couple months salary. Yeah, a couple weeks for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money in the 1800s. So he had gained about $220,000 from investors for a building and equipment, though there's no proof he used a dime of that money for the business. He did, however, buy himself fast horses, sporty carriages, and apparently lots of bourbon. Oh, guys are the same regardless of the year. Mm -hmm. They have to spend his money on fast horses. Yeah, fast horses and sporty carriages. He just would have hung out a few years. We could have had a Model T. I know it. On March, he had to blow it all quickly. On March 10th of 1888, he died of alcoholism. Oh. It was believed that the Electric Sugar Refining Company buried him without fanfare as to not worry investors. <laughs> there is no death certificate to be found for Professor Henry Friend. In air quotes. And no marked burial plot. Wow, that's insane. So how do we know he wasn't murdered by somebody then? Well, he died of alcoholism is what that's they're what saying. they said, so but it could have been somebody else's alcoholism and rage. Could have been. I mean, there's, there's really no... I mean, this... And like... Doing research for this story was crazy because mm-hmm. there's so many different little versions, and it's just like, wait a minute. So what? He, he died before they figured out the con. Mm-hmm. So everything was still running, and he just, wow. Mm-hmm. I hope you could take it with you, Professor Friend. Well, after his death, Olive pretty much knew that she needed a bounce. So she took off for Milan, Michigan, where a Victorian style house was being built for her with a home for her mother, which was an exact replicate of hers, was also being built. Oh, cute. Olive's stepfather, Reverend Howard, was in New York running the company. Investors and officers of the company still hoped Olive knew the secret method her late husband was using to refine sugar, especially since she signed a contract stating she would give up the secret should he die. Ooh. 
Olive was pressured for information. She was evasive. And everyone finally started paying attention to their suspicions. Mm. Finally, on January 2nd, 1889, company officers busted into the secured room at the Electric Sugar Refining Company's factory. As you can probably imagine, there were no specialized machines, only boxes and bags of raw sugar. Word spread quickly of the hoax and the company collapsed. I just don't understand how they could make money because you're having to buy processed sugar. So you're basically throwing away all the, the, the dirty sugar people are bringing you, giving them this clean sugar that you had to buy somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the point? Like, where's the money? There is no, I mean, aside from the investors, that's the only place where the money could be coming in because you're not making a profit. I mean, clearly he wasn't a very smart crook, right? No. Like, unless he faked his death. Well, he's probably still out there running scams right mm-hmm. now as we speak. He's the guy who figured out sugar beets. Mm-hmm. No, I'm serious. It's a beet, but it's got sugar in it. Yeah. Like, who would believe that? Uh, so, arresting Olive and the rest of the gang wasn't easy. The good reverend was hiding out in Canada. And since other family members were involved, police wanted to wait until they were all in Milan before moving in on them. Oh, yeah. Sheriff's deputies snuck up on them and arrested them in the middle of the night, transporting them all to a jail in Ann Arbor. Olive and company claimed extradition to New York would violate their rights, but they were eventually taken back east where they were incarcerated. Good riddance. Olive's stepdad was convicted and sentenced to nine years hard labor in Sing Sing Prison. Olive and her mother both pled guilty to grand larceny and were sentenced time served, and they moved back to Milan. By 1892, company officers sued Olive in an attempt to recover some of the money paid to the friends by the Electric Sugar Refining Company. The defense argued that the company officers had to know there was fraud happening prior to their downfall. The jury agreed and rendered, rendered a verdict of no cause for action. Olive Friend died October 29, 1902 in Detroit. She is buried in Evergreen Cemetery in Ransom, Hillsdale County. Her grave is unmarked, but it is in row 21, section 15. We can mark it now, Olive. No one's mad anymore. I mean, somebody might be. Can you imagine like this, like family members of, of these company like the investors that are still just holding on a grudge like just mad as out as, yeah. as ever like just generationally poor people mm-hmm. just because of this the sugar scheme yeah the house is still in Milan. probably looks you know a little different but um yeah. but yeah it still stands in Milan. it's actually called the hack house okay um h-a-c-k because this hack lived in there after she uh, stole all the money? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Is, so, this a, is this part of the reason why they built the uh, federal prison in Milan? I mean, could be. The friends? Mm-hmm. Some friend. So that's the story. That's fantastic. I had no, Isn't that no bananas? Idea. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, who would fall for that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so silly. <laughs> but, like... It's just, it's... Fellas, it's, you tired of your dirty sugar? But I mean, think about... Why don't you run some electricity through it? Like, that's that's why I told the story. Like, that's why I told the process of refining sugar. Yeah. Because it's it's a very long process. Yeah. Like, and clearly it took a very long time. Like, it had to have taken way longer than what it takes now. Because yeah. they didn't have these machines and stuff, right? So... So, uh, so let's say that it it's a year long process. Let's give it, you know, just being generous. We'll give it a year from from growing all the way to you yeah. know uh, um, distribution. Right. Let's let's give them twelve months. This dude 
supposedly had it down to like a couple of hours and people were like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, electricity was a pretty new thing at the time, so I'm sure people got really excited. I mean, you know, after Edison put out that film, you know this, one of the first films ever made, film strips ever made, was a clip of Thomas Edison electrocuting an elephant. (gasps) Yeah, terrible. It's a terrible history of Hollywood. Anyway, so that was a film strip that was out. So this guy probably saw that. And he's like, what if it could kill an elephant? Imagine what it could do to dirty sugar. I mean, <laughs> it's a shame that we didn't have you read this the story in that voice. The old timey voice? Yeah. Well, I'll break it out from here. And Next there. time. Yeah. Yeah. Dayline, um, <laughs> Dayline Mylan. Yeah. Just such a weird. And like, I mean, I always, I always ask this question because I don't understand like, how does one get involved in a crime ring? You know what I mean? Like, like how, like how do people, like, we hear about you know families that are just everybody's involved in crime or like the mafia, right? Mm-hmm. Like how, like how is there never one person that's like, hey guys, I don't think this is a good plan. Uh, like, there probably like is, how- but they get shouted down. I think about with my family, and my family's got a. Uh, quite an extensive uh, history of drinking and uh, you know there may have been a voice that says hey guys maybe it's not a good idea that we all drink so much you get shouted down well yeah but i mean crime like a crime ring mm-hmm. i mean like just how is there not to think about normal i guess i guess it just seems so crazy to me like i think about that often when i think about you know like i said different like groups of people like even just friend groups like you don't have one friend that's the voice of reason that's like "Mm, maybe we shouldn't be doing this you guys like maybe but then like how (laughs) i just i don't know like i said it's intergenerational (laughs) yeah it's gotta be and um yeah i mean if that's your thing the the, being a part of a family with a sugar hoax and go for it so i found this story because Months ago, when I was in a Facebook group asking for ideas, somebody mm-hmm. was like, what about the Great Sugar Hoax? And I was like, I'm sorry, what did you say? Like, this Dude, is a thing? You made that up. Yeah. And so that's how, you know, I found this story was some random internet person uh, suggested it, which is just wild to me. And um, I have many, I have a list of many other things that are just kind of, that are probably just as insane that has happened in the state of Michigan. And it... Mm-hmm brings me so much joy (laughs) not crime crime doesn't bring me joy but hearing these weirdness these weird stories about these people that i mean this guy our forefathers the great michiganders this this guy convinced a lot of people to hand over a lot of two hundred thousand dollars in 1800s like what that's insane it's like the bernie madoff of of sugar fraud yeah Sugar fraud. It's a brand new category. Oh, my God. Okay. So, anyways. Have to get Elliot Ness. <laughs> All right. So, that's the story of the Great Sugar Hoax and the Electric Sugar Refining Company. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got for today. So, Fantastic. Electric Sugar Refining Company sounds like a band in the '60s. It does, like, a, like late '60s psychedelic. Band. Yeah, yeah. Well, what was the um Kesey the- book? The what? The, the oh, Ken the, Kesey book? The Electric Kool-Aid Acid yeah. Test. That's probably why. Yeah. That's... I'm thinking of like seeing some flyer for like the yep. Fillmore where it's like, The Grateful Dead, Jefferson Airplane, and the Electric Sugar yeah. Refinery. Yeah, exactly. We should start a band. So anyways, thanks for listening. Oh, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And um, if you guys have any ideas of, of, you know, craziness that you want us to research, uh, feel free to send us a message. You can send us an email, greatlakesconfidential at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. You should totally follow us. I've been slacking so bad with uh, doing social media, so I apologize. Normally, I'm on the ball, but with a new job and summer, it's just I'm trying to find my groove here, so bear with me. Hope you guys are enjoying your summer. Yeah, um, let, let us, us know, know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, tell us where you're going. Tell us what you've eaten. Yeah. Tell us uh, where your favorite place to get freshwater taffy is. I think I ate like four Kogel hot dogs over the weekend. Did you really? I had yeah. two. I had one that had uh, nacho cheese on it and a piece of bacon. Oh, wow. Which is very outside of my norm. You know what's crazy? There was a, uh, a hot dog place I used to live by um, that... Um, like they tried to have like all sorts of like regional hot dog styles. Mm-hmm. Like they had the Detroit Coney, they had the uh, Chicago style dog. They had a, a Traverse City dog. They called it, and it was wrapped in bacon. Was now, just, was that a thing in Traverse City? Just wrapping covered your hot dog? in wine. No, just just covered in cherries, <laughs> dried cherries, and bacon. Gross. No, it was uh, it was wrapped in bacon. I don't know. If, is that a Traverse City thing? I have no idea. Traverse City, let us know. Call in on the hotline. Oh my god. Call in on the hot dog hotline. <laughs> let us know how you're eating hot dogs in your part of the state. <laughs> All right. Speaking of food, I have to eat dinner. So thank you so much, as always, for listening. We are having a blast. Hope you are, too. Hope you're enjoying your summer. It's super hot out. So make sure you're staying hydrated. And uh, don't forget your sunscreen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Text us when you get home. Bye. Bye.